I'm Steve Fisher. Mary White is a professional artist. When she decided to do a collection of paintings portraying Americans in every state, she wondered how she would decide who would provide the greatest representation. With such a diverse population, what makes a person most American? And that's when I realized that I believe our truest patriots are our veterans. That was just the beginning of her work with men and women in the military. She's here to talk about it on Life Slices. Welcome, Mary White, to the Life Slices podcast. I'm going to start with a question that hopefully doesn't baffle you too much. Who is Mary White? Oh, my goodness. Thanks, Steve, for starting me off with a question like that. Well, to introduce myself to your audience, I'm a professional artist. I've been working in watercolor most of my life, and I've been spending uh, most all of my time doing uh, watercolor. I would say I'm a representational painter, and and most of my time has been painting people. I especially like painting everyday average people, blue-collar workers, and in the past, my most recent exhibition is, is called We the People, Portraits of Veterans in America. We're going to get deeper into that in a second. But what inspired you to become an artist? You know, my, my mother was a professional ballerina in her day, and my father was a businessman. I was very fortunate that I had two parents that were encouraging me to be an artist. And frankly, you know, when I was growing up, I couldn't see anything else in the future. I just thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an artist if I have to live in a cardboard box. How long have you been living in the cardboard box? <laughs> well, the, uh, the very first thing I, I sold, I was in eighth grade, and I was visiting a relative in New Jersey and bored and sitting on the front steps of her house, which was across the street from an old bar and inn. And I did a little pen and ink uh, of it, and she said, you know, I think they would probably buy that for their menus or cocktail napkins or something. And so she took it over and and uh, brought it back. Uh, and she comes back and she puts $20 in my hand. And I just said, wow, you mean they actually like, pay you to do this? This is beats babysitting any day. So that was the day I was pro. But I'm surprised. I mean, you could have become a ballerina, too. I'm surprised your mother didn't steer you into dance. No way. No way. Can I be ever dance like that? Now, you said you like to paint people. What is it about people that makes you like to paint them as opposed to landscapes or abstracts? Well, I've always loved painting people. I just, I love meeting different people, all ages, all backgrounds. I, I find them absolutely endlessly interesting. I mean, everybody has a story. Everybody has a, a history about them. And I just love that. I have never gotten over that. So I've often said, if I ever have to go to prison, as long as they give me a pencil, I can paint my inmates, I'd, I'd be happy. I know you're also a teacher. You teach art. I have always thought of art as a nature versus nurture situation. It's that you can't really be taught certain talents. You either have an ability or you don't. When I was growing up, my grandfather was an artist and my mother would encourage me to be creative. She took me to the museum, museum, Metropolitan Museum of Art, and we got home and I said, okay, I want to try that. So she ran out and she got me charcoals and she got me paper and she put a bowl of fruit on the table and she said, here, draw this. And I did. 
And she took the pad away and said, I'll get you a camera. <laughs> yeah. So can can people actually be taught to paint? You know, I think so. I, I, I think that people can be taught to how to mix the paint, how to look at something and get and sort of copy the general shapes of it. You know, and, and people often ask me, Mary, when did you decide to be an artist? And, and that's really not the question. The question really should be, when did, you dis- when did you discover that you were an artist and when did you decide to do something about it? And I, mean, I think that's the real question. And, and it's I, certainly there are some artists that maybe have a keener eye for a certain thing and, and something moves them in a different way. But I, you know, I've had absolute beginners in my classes and I'm teaching veterans right now to draw and paint. And even though a lot of the paintings are very abstract and what some people might think are rather amateur, they're pretty powerful in their own way. And and so I think could be considered to have real merit. So tell me more about the, the We the People project. What inspired that? What actually was it? Well, it's, it's called We the People, Portraits of Veterans in America. And it was a series of 50 paintings that's been touring the last three years. Uh, right now, it's in the Washington area at the National Museum of the Marine Corps. The idea came uh, several years ago. I had a, another touring exhibition called Working South, and it toured five museums. And as that was coming to a close, I thought, my goodness, what's my next act going to be? And it's got to be something bigger than the last one. And then I thought, rather naively, I thought, well, why don't I, why don't I paint why don't, a portrait of all of America? Why don't I go to all... 50 states and paint one person. And then I got to thinking, well, how am I going to ever choose that one person from every state? And and really, what with such a diverse population, what makes a person most American? And that's when I realized that I believe our truest patriots are our veterans. And that's what gave me the idea. So I set out on this project. I made a list of all the kinds of Americans, uh, all the ki- different kinds of ways to make a living, everything from being an astronaut, a school teacher, a coal miner, all the way down to a, a homeless person, because we have certainly a lot of homeless people in this in this country. And so then I just, I started driving, I researched on the internet how to find, you know, the coal miner or the truck driver. It took me seven years to get to all 50 states and do all 50 paintings. And I did almost the whole thing in secret. No one knew about it. Not even my own brother knew what I was working on for the first uh, several years because I, I wanted to keep it, you know, I wanted to be able to choose who I, who I was going to paint. I didn't want people to say to me, oh, I had to paint their Uncle Pete. And I wanted it to, to be fresh and original when I rolled it out to the public. I just can't imagine seven years of doing that, did people start sending out search parties to find out where you were? Well, at one point, my manager did. I was in West Virginia. I was looking for the the, the coal mine where the coal miners were, and she couldn't reach me. and And there's certainly no cell towers out there, so I was completely MIA. And so she called up one of the the, the mining companies and that where she thought I was. And, and the, the woman who answered the phone said, "Well, you know, no one no one can reach anybody by phone out here. I mean, but." I did surface and, and I did come out okay. Well, that's good. That's very good to hear. Now, now that project gave way to another project. And explain how that became the inspiration for your next challenge. Well, the uh, exhibition came together and was presented three years ago. It opened here in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, and we wanted to raise the money 
to bring in all the veterans that I had painted so they could see their paintings for the first time. And of course, the, the public was invited. And in that, just in that first six weeks, we had 22,000 people came through to see this exhibition. So I talked with a good, good bit of the public, and, and to, I talked with a lot of veterans. And I saw firsthand just how powerful art was and, and what it could do for people and how it could move them. And, and especially for veterans, I saw uh, that this could be a, a way for them to tell, to tell their own stories, that it could be a, a means of connection and expression and purpose for them. So that's why I started the Patriot Art Foundation, and that's become my next big project, getting that up and launched. And our, and our mission is is to really give veterans a means of expression. And so we are currently developing online courses that veterans can download. We're working with the VA in different regions uh, for online Zoom classes for them, and we're going to be doing podcasts soon. So it's it's really very exciting. Art is a, a great means of expression. Have you thought of extending it beyond the veterans to anybody with a any kind of a mental health issue? Oh well, I, I um, we we're going to limit it to, to veterans. That's a huge huge bite to take right there. But certainly, we're not claiming to be art therapists, but we have seen the value of art as therapy. So particularly with our veterans, that some of them are suffering from PTSD. I've seen just really rewarding things happen over weeks of working with them. That, For instance, one veteran told me when I asked him what was it like when he was drawing, and he, he said, Mary, when I'm drawing, it's the only thing that stops the voices in my head. Mm. And another veteran, a, a woman, said that when she got out of the uh, Air Force, she couldn't talk at all. And it really wasn't until she started painting that she was able to talk again. So those are the things that we're, we're seeing, that it's, it's a way with, without words that people can tell their story. Is there any kind of pushback? Do people ever say, I'm not an artist, I can't do that? Oh, yes, yes. You know, sometimes we have to really pull them, you know, into, come on, you can try, at least just give it a try. Sometimes hard to convince a big six foot four Marine to do anything, but to sit them down and they may be reluctant at first, oh, I can't do this. But then after all, they really get into it. And I've discovered with some of the veterans, it's not so much the finished project as it is just the doing of it, that it feels good just to, to, at that time when they're sitting down and hunched over their drawing or making a painting, it's just that, it's just that they feel good. It, it, it's almost like a, a little bit of healing at that moment. Now, you said that you're developing online courses. Are there any in-person sessions as well? Yes, there are. In fact, we're going to have one next next month here in Charleston. In our harbor, we have the USS Yorktown aircraft carrier. And I'm going to be doing a hands-on workshop for 20 veterans on, on that Saturday of Veterans Day weekend. They'll be coming on. We'll, we're, we provide all the art supplies for the veterans. And they're going to sit down with me and with four other art teachers. And we're just going to have a great day of, of painting in watercolor with them. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that, looking forward to, to hearing 
their reaction to it and seeing what they do. How is this project funded? We are really funded with uh, private donations that through individuals that love veterans and love art and want to help us with this. So people simply go to our website, patriotartfoundation.org and make donations. And where can they find more independent information about it? We've had a few articles done on us, but a lot of it is really online through our website. And where is the website? Where do they find that? Okay, we are at patriotartfoundation.org. Okay, very good. I want to ask you as a teacher, somebody comes to you and says, I want to paint. How do you advise them to get started? Oh, well, you know, we start out small and and I and I love beginners. In fact, I just taught a, a class this week here in Charleston and, and I like having a range of ability because I find that when I have absolutely beginners mixed in with the intermediate intermediate and advanced artists, that people are less competitive. They just they're they're more apt to go at their own pace. So we we start out, we we show them basic ways to mix the paint and to and to draw and to look at what you're what you're drawing and how to correct mistakes. So we, we start out small with simple things for them to paint. And then, you know, after a while, they catch fire and they, they want to keep going and do more advanced things. Now, you said you work mostly with watercolor. What is it about watercolor as a medium that that really attracts you? Oh, gosh, you know, I remember the very first time I painted in watercolor. I was in uh, seventh grade and I was in an art class at school and I was actually sitting on outside with the, with a group of students and I was sort of dabbing at the at the paper with my watercolor. I had one of those little watercolor prang sets, pitiful little brush. And the <laughs> the teacher comes over and she says, "No, Mary, really, lo- you want to paint that sky?" So she she loads up this brush with a lot of paint, and she takes my hand and she she takes it and runs it across the the paper paper in this big arc. And I just remember oh, inhaling. It looked like a comet going across the sky, leaving behind these little sparkles of, of, of white area in the paint in the paper. And I just thought, wow. And I, I've never gotten over that. I just people ask me, Mary, when you is it difficult to sell a painting? Is it like parting with a child? Is it, is it hard to have it go away? And and it's like, no, not at all. To me, it's once it's signed. The, the, the party's over, and I just can't wait to go do the next one. So speaking of the next one, what inspires you to do that next painting? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there are not enough hours in the day. Uh, and I have so many ideas of things that I want to paint and and little little sketches and ideas that I want to do and things that I see thinking, oh, there's a painting and there's a painting and there's a painting. That's not the problem. I, I, I know it is for some artists. They, they say, Mary, how do you get inspired? And I think that largely for many artists, it's just fear. They're, fear. they're afraid of getting started. They're afraid they're going to make a painting that doesn't work or they're, they're afraid to finish the painting because they might wreck it. And I tell them every time you you do a painting that that, that didn't work you 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 don't say oh I'm such a lousy artist you say okay now I know not to do that anymore and I will t- and I tell them too that you know I've been painting for a long time but you know I still I tear up about one out of every four paintings that it just didn't work it's not what I envisioned and I just say okay dust off my shoes there and there was my study and let's do it again. It's very much like writers. It's, it, with it, so many yeah. writers that I know, they'll finish a project. It could be brilliant, 
but then they sit down to write the next one. And it's like, I don't, I, how did I do that? I don't know if I can do that again. Yeah, I just lost my mojo somewhere. I'm done. Yeah. My daughter has recently gotten into paint by numbers, adult paint by numbers, and she finds it very soothing. Yes. And, and what is it about painting that is so therapeutic? Isn't that interesting? It and it really is. It's. I think it's for people that knit. If um, some people like to knit, or some people like to play solitaire, it's just it's. Painting is almost meditative. And when I, when people show me my paintings afterwards, or I see them in a book, or I see them in an exhibition, I know they're mine. And I can tell you all about them, but I don't remember painting them. That I believe that the, the brain, you know, we, we paint mostly from the right side of the brain, the creative side. And when you're in, really into that zone, it really is meditative, and that's why people love to love to color and 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 love to do paint by number because it's predictable, and you see this thing coming together. You know these colors, one the next, and then the next, and all of a sudden you can't wait to see the finished project. When I had when I was working on that, that seven years on the We the People project, I I drew a map of the United States and and I hung it up in my studio. And so it was a black and white drawing of all 50 states. And as I finished each painting, I colored in that state. And so I was really anxious. I wanted to just, okay, I want to color in this one, and I want to color in that one. So it was as much fun seeing all these pieces come together as it was doing the paintings. When you were traveling around the country and finding all these people, did it become a journey of discovery into what this country was all about? Oh my gosh, yes. You know, I, if you asked me what was my favorite state, I I couldn't say, I couldn't say because all of them surprised me. Every state surprised me with how extraordinarily beautiful they were. And meeting these veterans, my goodness, what an extraordinary group of people, Americans they really are. When I was going to see maybe the a, a lobsterman or a truck driver or a school teacher, I would always have this sort of preconceived notion of what I thought they would look like, because I'd only really just talked to them on the phone prior to that. And I was always surprised. They never looked like I imagined. And I love that. I love that surprise in how different people are. How did you find them launching into a state? I'm going to Alaska. How do you even drill down to find that one person you want to paint? Well, I had, you know, part of it too was how do I get to Alaska and how do I get to all 50 states? So part of that was I planned workshops in different states so I could get to these different states. For, for Alaska, I planned a workshop on a cruise, a workshop on a cruise ship that sailed out of Vancouver and went north up the inside passage. And when the cruise ship stopped in, in one of the small seaports, I told all the students, okay, everybody get off and go draw and have a nice day. And and without them knowing, I had an appointment with the postmaster in town there. And, and that's how I got to my Alaska veteran. Uh, other ones, you know, some of them were, were just, you know, search and search. Like I knew I knew I wanted to include truck driver, for instance. And, and you'd think, well, how hard could that be? But, you know, I, veterans are really just one percent of our population. Mm-hmm. And so finding a truck driver that's a veteran and I wanted it to be a woman. So I remember going, I remember in my travels, stopping at truck stops and going truck to truck to truck and knocking up on the, on the cab and saying, hey, are you a veteran? And, and just, you know, trying to find a truck driver that was a veteran. 
or simply, you know, by, by making phone calls like the window washer that I painted in Detroit, I, I must have called probably a dozen window washing companies asking them, do you have a veteran that's working for you until I finally found the guy? And then, you know, making arrangement with the manager that it was okay for me to come on site and do the, the, the sketches and the photographs on site. Did you get any kind of pushback from anyone going, oh, I don't want to be paint, you know, don't paint me? Well, you know, the only criteria I had with the veterans was, was really that they had been honorably discharged. And the veterans that I was looking for, I was not looking for high-ranking veterans or people who had earned a lot of medals. I wanted the everyday average man and woman that raised their hand. And so that was the reaction that I got from most of the veterans. Oh, no, 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 you don't you don't want to paint me. I didn't do anything important. And I loved that. I loved that sort of humble, unassuming quality that they had. Because when you raise your hand to join the military, you don't know what, what, you're, what you're going to be encountering. And so I, I, I love that, 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 oh, no, oh, shucks quality that a lot of them had. Well, it's true with, with heroes. Whenever they do stories on heroes, somebody runs into a burning building to save a child or something like that, and they interview them. They go, oh, you know you're a hero? I'm not, not a hero. I do. Who wouldn't do that? They don't think of themselves as doing anything extraordinary. That's right. So it's just common things, it's, whereas most of us would run the other way when we see a burning building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So were, were any of them concerned that they would have to pose naked? <laughs> well, I didn't ask that. But oh, good. <laughs> that might be the next series, Steve. Well, oh, okay. I just gave you your an idea. When when you painted them, did did they actually pose for you, or did you just take like a series of photographs and then go back to your studio? Well, you know, a, a lot of them were working, so I, I couldn't take up too much of their time. But I work from four sources when I do a painting. I work from life as much as I can. But, you know, it's hard for someone to, to stand there and pose that long. So I also work from photographs. I'll take a lot of photographs. And then I work from memory, remembering something that happened or remembering something that they told me. And then I work, and the last component, probably the most important of all, is imagination that I, I imagine what might be there. Like, for instance, I painted an astronaut. And obviously, I was not there on the spacewalk. But going to NASA and talking to Winston Scott, the astronaut, you know, what's it like out there? You know, I, and I remember asking him, I said, Winston, were you, were you, weren't you ever afraid? And he said, Mary, we had a job to do. We were too well trained to be afraid. And so I asked him, well, well Winston, can you put on the spacesuit for me? So I can get some photos and sketches of you in the space. And he says, Mary, that would literally take an act of Congress to get the spacesuit out of, you know, security. <laughs> so I said, well, OK, I guess that means we're not going for a ride either. But, but you can see that, you know, I had to do that out of my imagination. And the one of the lobstermen, I, I, I went on the boat with him. But I'm asking him, what's it like in bad weather? What's it like when a rogue wave comes over? And he describes it. And so that's how I imagined it. And that's how I did the painting. So imagination really comes into play a lot. How many stops and starts did you have when you said, when you actually started to paint something and you have an idea in your head and, and how often did you, did you go, uh, wait, this isn't working. I have to rethink this. Oh, um, several times. Um, several times I, I I thought that, you know, the one that was the most difficult one to do was the homeless veteran. And he was in California and he was homeless and he was living up in the woods, um, the forest outside of Carmel. 
And I hired two other homeless veterans to take me up into the forest. And I was told he had a dog. So I, I had a backpack, I had my sketchbook, I had my camera, and I carried a, a, a bag of dog food. And when I went up, I met with him and I did sketches and photos. And the first painting I did with him, you know, sitting out, it's sort of in his camping area with his dog. And it just looked like an old guy camping. And it, it just didn't, it didn't address PTSD. It didn't address homelessness. And so the dilemma was, how do you do that? And still maintain the dignity of the person, you know, because I wanted all these paintings to be to honor veterans. So I did that painting over three times before I was able to get something that, yeah, that's it. That's the that's the feeling that I want. Were you able to keep in touch with any of these people since you've done the paintings? Yes, yes. I'm in touch with several of them. And it's really been fun hearing from them and, and what they're doing. I've made some some really valuable and precious friendships out of it. Did they did they get copies of the paintings? They did. They did. All of the veterans were paid for their time and we we also made a framed print of the painting. So everyone got one of those. They got a signed book and we and of course we gave them as many that could and wanted to come to Charleston for the opening. We paid for them to come to Charleston with with a guest and we put them up in the hotel and gave them this just great weekend in Charleston. Now, I know that not everyone's going to be able to get to wherever the exhibition is. So how else can they see the paintings? Uh, we've got a couple videos online, marywhite.com, that shows some of them. CBS Sunday Morning did a, a video and NPR did a video. ATV did one. So there are some videos out there. And there is, if I can do some shameless advertising, there is a book, We the People, a hardcover book, was published by University of South Carolina Press. And all the royalties from that book go to the foundation. That's terrific. Is there anything that you would like to answer that I haven't asked? Oh, my goodness. I, I can't. You really put me on the spot there. <laughs> but anything that, you, that your your audience might want to know? No, I think I think you've. Uh, well, I think we've covered uh, almost everything. But if there's anything, yeah, there's there is one. I think people often ask me, um, "Do I have a favorite painting?" And and I would have to say the, the favorite ones are really the ones that where I've got to know the veterans the most. But really, all of them because it was. It was such different situations and different parts of the country and, and just getting to know these veterans. I just think, wow, what a what a fortunate life I've had to be able to do this kind of thing. That's terrific. Mary, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I urge everybody to go out and get a copy of the book. Well, thank you, Steve. It's been a great pleasure. If you want to help to further Mary's work with our veterans, buy her book or make a donation to the Patriot Art Foundation. To learn more about Mary, go to marywhite.com. That's marywhite, W-H-Y-T-E dot com. You don't have to join the military to support our nation and the men and women who serve it. If you enjoyed this program, like us and subscribe on social media and wherever you find fine podcasts. Life Slices is produced by Beatnik Ravens Productions, all rights reserved. Music courtesy of Fesleyan Studios.